Hello and welcome to You, Me and the Economy. On one hand, a working paper of IMF says extreme poverty in India has reduced, while on the other, the everyday inflation is eating into the meagre savings of the poor. Here is your weekly roundup of economy and finance. An IMF working paper suggesting the reduction of extreme poverty in India has sparked criticism and controversy. Comparing the pre-pandemic year of 2019 with the pandemic year 2020, food transfers kept extreme poverty low. However, the economists have pointed out the methodological flaws and misplaced assumptions underlying the arguments made in the paper. Most significantly, the authors use the private final consumption expenditure estimates that do not give the distribution of consumption across households, which is a prerequisite for estimating poverty. The consumption expenditure survey which provides far more reliable figures for poverty was debunked by the government in 2017. This is because it had shown a fall in consumption and rising poverty. The paper's conclusions also appear to be an attempt to confirm the Modi government's tenure and legitimize its policies. Inflation is alarmingly cutting into the meager savings of the poor who are struggling to recover from the impact of the lockdown during pandemic waves. Since last year, the wholesale price index has been hovering alarmingly high and has touched 14.55% in March 2022. For instance, in concrete terms, food price inflation in rural areas has more than doubled from 3.94% to 8.04% in the same month. From food to fuel, rising prices are creating unrest that bulldozers may not be able to hold for too long. It has been an easy way out for the government to blame the rising prices on external factors like the Russian-Ukraine war, but most of the factors pushing inflation are domestic. The fact that MSMEs have been systematically decimated over the last eight years with successive poor policy decisions like demonetization, GST and the lockdown has a role to play. Today, the remaining big players have unduly higher leverage in determining prices and pushing them up even as supply volume dwindles. The oligopolistic core has not only survived the viral waves but has also thrived under favorable policies like tax exemptions, waivers and lower interest rates. And the time has come for it to exercise its pricing powers, which would further drive inflation, thereby hurting the poor. Meanwhile, the power sector dependent on imported coal has been witnessing a coal shortage owing to the high prices of imported coal. Haryana has reported that Adani Power Limited, Mundra and Coastal Gujarat Power Limited owned by Tata Power have both not supplied power to Haryana for the past six months. The power companies blame the high price of imported coal and also state that the power supply from imported coal at the current tariff is uneconomical. Both the companies have requested for a supplementary power purchase agreements from Haryana to supply power at a higher rate. Finally, Haryana, Gujarat, Tamil Nadu and Karnataka have allowed the imported coal-based thermal power plants to charge higher tariffs till December 2022. Looking at Goda Thermal Power Station story, the power produced in India will be supplied to Bangladesh where imported coal will be used. If coal becomes more expensive, there may be disruptions in the supply of power. All this when power produced in Bangladesh is always cheaper than the price at which Adani or Goda will be supplying it. Owing to the desperate need for power, Indian states have agreed to the concerns. But will other countries agree? If not, then how will these thermal power plants be compensated? 
On 13th April 2022, the Cabinet approved 10 different uses of lands acquired under the Coal Bearing Act which are mined out or are practically unsuitable for coal mining. These uses are to set up coal washeries, to set up conveyor systems, to establish coal handling plants, to construct railway sidings, rehabilitation and resettlement of project-affected families due to acquisition of land under the CBA Act or other land acquisition law, to set up thermal and renewable power projects, and to set up or provide for coal development-related infrastructure. The permissible uses of land do not include restoration of land for forest, other than compensatory afforestation and restoration of land for agriculture. These lands on which mines are set up are majorly public lands, where dense forest grazing lands or agriculture lands existed. A mandatory mine closure plan for restoring the land was quintessential. After new amendments, lands under the control of CIL will witness continued industrial activity as opposed to the earlier duration that was limited to 30 years or 50 years. Thank you for listening to Yumi and the Economy. This was all this week. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep listening.